0: Well, that was quite a storm that we had on Wednesday night, wasn't it? Uh, you know, we were afraid it was gonna be another derecho, uh, the way that it looked as it was coming across and, you know, all the lightning that was happening, um, and then the tornado sirens went off, and so we huddled in our basement listening to the howling of the wind and the sirens going and just worried, what's gonna happen? But the storm passed by. We were so glad to come outside and realize we didn't have any significant damage. Uh, there were some much stronger winds and tornadoes uh, west and north of here, uh, and then, of course, much stronger tornadoes in Kentucky last week. Um, here at Emanuel, the only th- Damage that we had was our nativity scene got completely tumbled, end over end. Couldn't believe it when we saw it the next morning. Um, Thankfully, it was mostly unscathed. You know, uh, Joseph and Mary have a little road rash on their foreheads from sliding across the sidewalk. But baby Jesus is fine. (laughs) Well, today's gospel story about an angel appearing to Mary is actually part two of Luke, chapter one. It actually starts with the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth, this old couple who had no kids, and God made the impossible happen for them. Their story is a lot like the story of Abraham and Sarah, having Isaac in their old age, when they thought, You know, there's no possibility that they could have kids. Suddenly, God gives them this gift. The angel Gabriel appeared to Zechariah when he was serving as a priest in the temple and said to him, Do not be afraid. You and Elizabeth are going to have a baby. You'll name him John. And you know the rest of the story. That baby grew up to be John the Baptist who proclaimed the coming of the Messiah. But long before that happened, the angel Gabriel, after visiting Zechariah, next went to Nazareth, this tiny little town in Israel. Maybe about 700 people lived there at the time. The angel didn't go to the capital city, to Jerusalem, where the wise men went later when they were trying to figure out where the Messiah was. Instead, Gabriel appeared in Nazareth to a young relative of Elizabeth, an unwed girl named Mary. This is uh, the girl that plays, him, uh, plays her in the Nativity Story movie. Girls back then were typically betrothed when they were 12 or 13 years old. Uh, they, were, they would be engaged for a year, and stayed at their parents' home until their wedding day. And so it was shocking and scandalous if, one of, if they became pregnant before marriage. But that's what the angel told her would happen. So who is this angel that appears? Gabriel. He appears one other time in the Old, at least one other time in the Old Testament in uh, uh, the story of Daniel. And he brings these explanations of these weird dreams that Daniel had had. An angel is a heavenly messenger. It's not somebody who's died. (laughs) It's an angelic being who brings good news and announces what's going to happen. And so suddenly this angel is standing in front of Mary and says, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. And Mary was confused and troubled by his words. And immediately he again says, do not be afraid, just like he said to Zechariah. You ever notice that angels always have to say that to people <laughs> in the Bible? Whenever an angel appears, people are scared out of their minds. So I really don't get the popular pictures of angels You know, who are kind of fluffy and like little babies with wings that couldn't scare a fly. <laughs> you know, And when the angels show up, to, you know, to the shepherds, these kind of rough-and-tumble guys who can scare off a wolf with just a staff, they're scared out of their minds. So maybe the angels look a little more like this, you know, <laughs> a painting of a, a warrior with this huge sword. Uh the Bible doesn't really give us a whole lot of details about what angels really look like. They're simply messengers. Well, over, over the years, the meeting between Mary and Gabriel has been popular with painters. Uh, Mary is usually depicted as you know, very calm and collected, like in this painting by a, a painter named Murillo. Um, but another classical painter, Rossetti, pictured her as a a little more startled and afraid, like she won't even look up at the angel. There may have been a reason for that. There's this ancient Jewish folktale that Mary probably knew about, about a girl who had been married seven times, but a jealous angel appeared on each wedding night and killed her new husband. (laughs) So... Suddenly, she has this angel show up saying, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. She may have said, What do you mean? What's this about? She wondered and worried about this angel's words. What do you worry about these days? What is it that you fear the most? Perhaps for you, the end of the year here is, is a difficult season because of tensions with relatives. You're afraid that everyone getting together will bring up old grudges and hurts, or, or maybe you're afraid of losing your health to, you know, COVID, the new variants that are coming out, or maybe you're battling cancer or old age, or maybe somebody that you love is, is sick. Maybe you're weighed down with grief right now, whether it's a recent loss or an old one that still aches despite the years. Perhaps you fear being alone or losing your job. So many of our fears have to do with things that we can't manage. We fear losing control of ourselves and our surroundings. We fear showing our weaknesses in front of others. So, to keep from feeling vulnerable, we throw up all kinds of defenses. You know, we build houses with security systems and locks. We get the best medical attention that money can buy. We seek out friends who shower us with attention. You know, or post on social media to get affirmation. Uh, we do things or buy things that help us feel in charge at least until everything starts coming crashing down around us again there's so much in our world to be afraid of right now the pandemic threats of violence financial worries storms during the great depression in his inaugural address in 1933, FDR said, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Over and over again, throughout scripture, God says, do not be afraid. He constantly gives us comfort in the midst of our troubles. And yet, the Bible also tells us to fear God. In Scripture, fear has a bigger meaning than just being afraid of something, feeling anxious or worried. Fear can also mean showing respect and honor to the one who deserves first place in your life. The first commandment is, you shall have no other gods. When Martin Luther wrote his small catechism, he explained all the commandments, and for this commandment, he simply said, we are to fear and love God above anything else. And that's actually how he starts the explanation of all the other commandments. We are to fear and love God above everything else, so so that and then talks about the rest of the commandment. We are to fear God, not be afraid of him, but show him honor, respect, and reverence. We are to put God at the center of our lives rather than ourselves. That tends to be the first commandment that we break every day we so often surround ourselves with other things to make us feel secure money stuff our jobs our families friends who see things our way we build a wall around our hearts and find ways to keep the world outside (laughs) but god finds you wherever you try to hide yourself All of your stuff, all of your defenses, all of your excuses are worthless. You cannot hide from God. For Mary, that was good news. You've found favor with God, Gabriel told her. I'm not sure she was looking for it, at least in that way. (laughs) Mary was surprised by God's favor by his kindness. I'm sure she wasn't praying to become an unwed mother, but God chose to do that in her life. It wasn't because she was more holy or righteous than anyone else that she was given the, the role as the mother of Jesus. God gives his favor despite who we are and despite what we do. I invite you to grab your Bible, if you brought it along, or grab the pew Bible in front of you, and, and look at Luke 1, verses 46 to 55. This is Mary's song, it's a poem um, that she, she set, you know, spoke by the, by the Holy Spirit when she met with Elizabeth, and they shared the joy of their unexpected pregnancies. While you're looking it up, um, We're going to listen to those verses sung. Uh, Have Kelly come up here. These songs are from, brief songs are from a a little worship service called Holden Evening Prayer, written by Marty Haugen. Uh, Kelly and I sang this a lot when uh, each of us were at Luther College. There's the Annunciation by the angel Gabriel and the Magnificat, Mary's song.
1: An angel went from God to a town called Nazareth to a woman whose name was Mary. The angel said to her, Rejoice O highly. shall bear a child and his name shall be jesus the chosen one of god My spirit rejoices in you, you have looked with love on your servant, here, and
2: blessed me all my life through.
0: We're going to actually hear those songs again and invite people to sing along at the Longest Night service coming up at, uh, on Tuesday night at St. Petrie. Uh, it's a beautiful way of hearing the good news that speaks into the darkness of the longest night of the year. Mary is often described as being full of grace. God gives grace to all who believe in Jesus Christ. And his grace comes first. Faith is really receiving what God gives. It's opening the present that we've been given in Jesus Christ. For Mary, that was having a baby. God was doing a new thing, a baby even more impossible than Elizabeth's. And so Mary wondered how will this happen? And the angel told her, by the Holy Spirit, life out of nothing will emerge in your womb. It will be a fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy that the young woman, the virgin, will will be with child. And you will call him Emmanuel, God with us. Because no thing, no word will be impossible with God. Gabriel told Mary, you will name him Jesus which means God saves he will reign and his kingdom will have no end now that declaration was a threat to those in power to King Herod to the Roman Emperor and even to us because if Jesus is the light then we are not If Jesus is the king, then we are not. If God cuts down our dreams of having our own kingdoms, a lot of times I think we want the Lord's Prayer to say, my kingdom come and my will be done. But that's not what this life is about. Instead, Jesus tells us to pray, thy kingdom come, and thy will be done. When he was explaining what that means, Martin Luther said, to pray thy kingdom come. You know, God's kingdom comes when God gives us his Holy Spirit so that we believe his word and live our lives in accordance with it. The angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. God's kingdom comes when he gives us his Holy Spirit, when he favors us with his grace. The angel said to Mary, greetings favored one. The Lord is with you. And he says that to you and me too. He is already at work in your heart even before you say yes to him. The emphasis in the Christmas story is not on the angel or even on Mary. It's about the one who is at work here, our good and gracious God. His kingdom is coming in surprising ways. And it is a kingdom of love. The most famous verse in the Bible is God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. In 1 John, the other reading that Josiah read today, it said perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. God sent his son not to condemn the world but to save the world. And so we love because he first loved us. Our gospel today shows God's incredible love for us. That God chooses the old, the young, the poor, the humble. God chooses you. Through Mary's child, God extends his favor to you. He gives you the gift that's beyond any other gift. It ended up being kind of a strange blessing for Mary, if you think about it. As God's favored one, she was blessed by having a child before marriage who would later be executed as a criminal. Those weren't exactly the blessings that we usually hope for or expect from God. That's not the present that we want to open. On the surface, it even seems scandalous and shameful. But the real beauty of this Christmas gift is that in Jesus, God enters our messed up human life with all of its violence and fear and shame. God doesn't leave us in our mess. He comes right into it, right into a filthy manger (laughs) that animals ate out of. He came to deliver us from sin and death and to bring us into his glorious resurrection, his kingdom, his rule in our lives. That's why we pray, thy kingdom come. Mary responded to the angel's words by saying, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me according to your word essentially she was saying let me become what you have called me to be free of fear full of faith overflowing with love this Christmas may Mary's prayer be your prayer let me become what you have called me to be Amen.